1: Hi everyone, it's Linda Ockwell-Jenner here with another SBCN Small Biz Podcast. And today I'm delighted to have a returning guest, Gunther Kramer, CEO of Gecko Websites, who was here a couple of weeks ago, enlightening us with um, an awful lot of um, business-related stuff um, relating to um, knowing the value of our services. Hi Gunther.
0: Hi Linda, how are you?
1: I'll tell you the truth. I'm getting over the flu, so I'm sounding a little bit maybe, you know, not quite with it today, but I'll leave all the good stuff to you. So a couple of weeks ago when we chatted about um, knowing the value of, um, you know, your your products and services, uh, we had um, a really good response to that because a lot of people said, well, you know, I don't like to lose customers by saying this is my price and I'm going to, you know, stick with it. So thank you for... Um, enlightening us and put us all in the right frame of mind to know that we are actually worth, you know, more than we think we are in, in, in reality. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Thank you. So today, um, I believe you're going to talk a little bit about um, websites and um, I guess, was it something to do with people, you know, start a website project and, and don't finish it or what, what was the concept again? Yeah, well...
0: Basically, what I have found over the years is that a lot of people look at a website as a completely separated entity, and they don't really tie it in with the rest of their business concept. And it kind of stands alone on the side and either grows or withers completely on its own. And really, from a business point of view, it needs to be looked upon as being a real marketing tool. It's meant to You know, maybe drive sales, provide information, whatever the case is in your particular situation. But it needs to be integrated with the rest of your business. So when I'm talking about not finishing your website project, I'm not saying not finishing your website because a lot of people do finish the website, but not the project. And what I mean by the project component is once the website is up and running, that's basically what I might refer to as phase one. Phases two, three, and so on come afterwards where you need to expand on that, incorporate that into the other parts of your business. So, for example, you want to make sure that you go through your website, if it hasn't been done already, and make sure that everything is optimized for the search engines. Now, there's a lot of talk about this. There's a lot of confusion on what that really means. And I won't get into detail because that is something that we could talk about on another podcast, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, After we get the search engine optimization completed, then the other thing you want to look at is you want to look at creating a lot of content for your website. Now, different people in different industries, uh, a lot of times I hear they're saying, well, I don't know really what to write about. And that's okay. That's why there are professional writers and copywriters and so on out there that can help you with that. It's a service that we provide as well. And what it does is it really puts a lot of information out on your website. So the search engines like this. So, again, it helps you with search engine optimization. Okay, let me,
1: let, me, let me jump in there a minute, if you don't mind, because yeah. we want to go through each point, if possible, because I do have questions. Okay. So I understand the search engine optimization, and that would be a lovely, lovely topic you know, for, for another time. But the content um, the content that people are supposed to be sharing, I still think people don't have the right idea. People are very me, me, me about it and think, well, we'll only share it on our own website because people will come to us. And this is where I think people are getting it wrong. It's no good just putting it on your own website. As you know, the SBCN encourages our members and our sponsors, community partners, to put it on our website also now do you have any idea why certain people think that it's not good say to share it on other people's um websites also is it a case if they think it'll take away from their their brand or or, or something
0: yeah well actually you took the window to my sales that was the next point i was going to get into so thank you for the segue there.
1: is i'll forget Um, if i don't ask while we go through it because um it, it it this is how I started uh, Motivational Steps, my first business many years ago before social media came into being. I didn't have all the, you know, the social media now I had to do it the hard way. But I don't understand. So if you can enlighten me, then, then I'll be a little bit more understanding why, you know, people don't share the content everywhere. Yeah, of
0: course. Uh, There's a few different reasons, and there are actually some pros and cons to uh, doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm a supporter of doing, so I think it's very important that you get your messaging out there as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Social media, of course, is one of the big easy ones uh, that you can do. But also posting things on other websites, such as the SBCN website, but there's also a lot of other websites Mm -hmm. as well where you can post content.
1: Well, I mean, you can can put a link, you can share them on, it doesn't have to be somebody else's website. It could be LinkedIn, Twitter, Google, um, Facebook. You know, I'm one of these people that say you have a different audience if you post your content from your website, blog, whatever, everywhere, because then... um, if you're an influencer, basically people go, well, that, that's an awesome you know, blog post. We'll also share it in other places. So, yeah, if you can share some light on it, that would be awesome.
0: Yes. One of the technical reasons why some people may not want to, and there is some validity in it, of course, is if you have, let's say, an article that you've written, and you take the very same article word for word and you post it in multiple places, What can happen is the search engines, they will recognize the fact that this is duplicate content that is located in multiple positions. And then a lot of times what will happen is they'll just pick one of those and then rank that one within the search engines, and the other ones more or less get forgotten. So people are a little bit afraid that, oh, well, if I post this, let's say, on the SBCN website, then that's going to help the SBCN website get higher ranked, but Mm -hmm. not my own. Well, there's a lot of things that you can do to get around that. You can just change up the wording a little bit. Um, there's, There's all kinds of things you can do. But one of the things that I find is really important, it doesn't matter if you're posting it to social media or other websites, is don't put in the full article. Just put in maybe the first half or the first chunk of it so that you're piquing people's interest. And then you have a link that they have to click on to read the rest of the article. And now the rest of the article is on your website. So really what's happening is all these different platforms out there are like a big funnel, funneling everybody to your website. Now, when they're at your website, what's going to happen is they're going to click around when they're done the articles, maybe read some other articles, maybe check out your products and services, get to know who you are a little bit better. And that's why you want to use that um, way of doing things as a marketing tool.
1: So when people um, come to, say, your website, because you've got some excellent blogs on your website, um, and they read your article... Have you been measuring the success of um, if they are sharing it? Like I know how we measure the success of um, people who who share the articles on the SBCM website. How do you measure the success? How do you know people are actually not just reading them, which is another good thing, how do you know they're reading them, but how do you know they're sharing them in other places without obviously saying, oh, look, Linda shared it on LinkedIn for me?
0: A lot of times you can notice it just by chance. For example, you might be on Facebook, on Twitter, whatever the case is, and you see that somebody has, you know, retweeted or or mentioned your post. But there are other tools that you can use online as well, such as, for example, in Google, you can uh, use a tool where you can put in a certain key phrase or keyword. And what it will do is whenever that appears somewhere online in a meaningful way, you will receive a notification. So that's really good if, for example, a company is wanting to protect, you know, trademarked uh, phrases or words or things like that that's a tool that they use we've used that tool as well to protect their own imageries and, and names and that sort of thing so there are different things you can do to uh, keep well, an eye open. are there
1: that. any other things that you particularly do to, to to measure the success of people sharing your stuff
0: from myself personally i don't get too tied up in measuring that there is there are pros and cons to doing that I would rather uh, spend my time on pumping out as much uh, content as possible, which, by the way, honestly said, uh, that's something that I do need to work on as well. But uh, I find uh, it's important to get the content out
1: there. I guess that's a really, really good point. So if I was one of your clients, I think that's what I would ask you for. Well, if you're going to be helping with my content, how do I know where it is, you know... Um, like I search I do a lot of searches myself but we have um, lots of different ways but the most simple way we measure if anybody is clicking or searching our stuff we do our own like URL our own special URL and so Mm -hmm. basically then we can go back to the, the program. I'm not techie. This is all Dave that Dave uses. And we can say, okay, you know, so many people shared it. So many people read it. It's got a different URL than, say, you would see on the SBCN website or your site or something like that. Um, so basically, does it really matter, though, if we haven't got content on our website? So you've talked about the, the search engine optimization. We may have content on our website. What else do we need, though, to make sure our website's you know, doing everything that you think it needs to do. What else is important, do you think?
0: Well, also when you're looking at the content that uh, you're creating, you want to really excite the user. You want them to really want to read the full article and maybe then even continue on to reading other articles as well. So the important thing is to provide some real good quality content. It has to be properly researched. It has to be well-written as well. It has to be written with a little bit of a marketing twist to it as well so that people really get interested and engaged. You want them to find a reason to want to contact you and seek out your services or your advice. You want them to get to to know you better and and feel that they can trust you.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. But, I mean, apart from the content, you know, posting the content, which is good and shows our expertise and the search engine optimization, I can't say it, what else on our website should be finished? Because we're talking about making sure the website is finished in the sense that it's working for us. like Do people um, actually make the decision to buy by coming to our website? And if so, how can you ensure that maybe yourself or your clients do get customers just because we come to the website? Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Well, for example, you want to make sure that the full user experience is going to be a smooth process. You don't want people having a hard time looking for things on your site. So if you have products or services or maybe you have your legal fine print, whatever it is, you want to make sure that people can easily find it. Probably the number one complaint that I've heard from people when they were describing their frustrations when using websites was the use of the menu system. They were saying, you know, I was on this website last week, I found some really good stuff here, and here I am again a week later trying to find it again, and for the less yeah, I can't. That's, or I'm That's find- a good one, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find maybe the company's phone number because I want to call them and yes. I'm just having a hard time finding it.
1: That's frustrating. Uh,
0: so <laughs> oh, it is. It is. I mean, you you're create a website really as a main means of communication, so the communication needs to be clear and precise. It's no different than if you're doing a speaking engagement or if you're writing a letter. That, those are different forms of communication, but same thing. You want to make sure that the message is very clear and to the point so that people don't have any questions as to what you're trying to communicate.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So basically, make make the website easy to navigate and um, don't make me search around for how to contact you. Those are awesome points. They really are. What else should we be doing then to uh, ensure that our website's you know, the way you'd like it to be?
0: Well, depending on what your products and services are, uh, another thing that you might want to do is try to collect some information from your potential clients. So what I mean by that is, for example, a lot of people on their website now, what you'll see is on the contact page, they'll have a form that you can fill out. So you put in your first name, last name, email address, and then your question and send it off. And that's great. It's short and sweet and to the point, And that definitely has a purpose. But in addition to that, let's say, for example, you were selling a certain product uh, or maybe a number of different products. And people would often send you inquiries via that form. And you might have different departments. And you might say, well, I don't want to have my administrator have to reroute all these inquiries to the proper people. So if you were, for example, to have an interactive form that people can fill out, and it would say, okay, you know, with a drop-down list, select what is your product? What is the issue you're having with the product? Is this in regards to a sales question? Is this a support issue? All these types of things. So now you're narrowing it down quite a bit. And then when that's website visitor hits the submit button, it doesn't just go to the administrator, but it can actually be sent directly to the person who would be in charge of answering those questions.
1: Wow, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Because I know i fill filled forms in in the past and I either haven't had a response or, oh, no, you've got the wrong person. That's a, really, that's a really, really good way to go. Thank you. And, you know, to
0: expand on that, even if you're just a small one-man show, a real small business and you don't have multiple departments and you are really answering all of those uh, emails, you can still benefit from that because it helps you organize those messages as they're coming in. Because they can be labeled in a certain way. The information can be put in in a certain way. Uh, You can use your uh, uh, email program to automatically sort those messages into separate folders when they come in. So it can really streamline your behind-the-scenes workflow processes.
1: It, it, that sounds fabulous to me. Basically, we look at our own website. We're very close to it, and we think we've got it sorted. And I know the website we, we use um, for our organization, um, we wanted to keep our costs down, so we use one that's, I believe, a content management website, so our members can add the content. But some of the challenges we have is um, spelling mistakes, um, grammatical mistakes, Um, we have to take care of those to the best of our ability because our brand is showcasing other people's content. Do you think that is the best way to go? Um, Is there any way, um, there's no way really that, you know, other people's content and grammar and stuff like that can be changed automatically without a person doing it? Is that too much to ask?
0: Well, I do agree with you. Spelling and grammar mistakes are a pet peeve of mine as well. Oh. Yeah. You know, no matter how fussy we are, I mean, it does happen to the best of us. It's a yeah. little typo or something. It does happen to
1: the yeah. best of us. Yeah, uh,
0: Unfortunately, I've really noticed over the last uh, while that it seems to have increased with the amount of spelling and grammar mistakes that we're seeing out there. Also, in, in a lot of the big publications as well, whether it's a big newspaper title yeah. or magazine title, it's everywhere. And really the responsible, responsibility lies upon each and every one of us as individuals to make sure that when we're writing something that we take the time to think it out well, to write it down properly, but then comes the important part, to proofread, to check it. And not just read it once, maybe read it two, three, four times. Have another person read it. Yeah. Some of us are better writers than others. Uh, if, you're, if you don't feel like you're a really good writer, have somebody else check over your, your writings before you publicize them.
1: That's a really so that good point.
0: A very important tool. Now, if you are going to be collecting information from other people that you are then going to post and you notice that there are some corrections that need to be made, everybody works it a little bit differently. Personally, what I do is I will make the small corrections on my own where it's a simple little typo. If it's something that's going to change the structure of the sentence a little bit too much, I will get back to the person yeah. and I will say, here's, here's my suggestion, yeah. are you okay with
1: it? Yeah, I think we've, in the past, been just changing grammar and spelling mistakes, but to be honest, we're so incredibly busy, we, we can't do it anymore, so we're going to find a way you know, to deal with that, but um, our website is, is our brand, isn't it? It's a big part of our brand. Um, do many websites come to you today because they want to actually sell products from their website? Is it called... Um, Shopping cart, is that that what it's called when you sell?
0: It's a shopping cart technology.
1: Yeah. Is is Um, that a (laughs) a different process entirely? Is it a different kind of more complicated process with lots more pros and cons, you know?
0: From a simple business point of view, it's something that you want it to integrate into your current processes. You want it to simplify things. It shouldn't make things more difficult and complicated. That's not the purpose of having a website or a shopping cart within your website it really needs to make the whole process smoother and easier for you but also for your client as well one of the things that I'm looking at when people have products to sell is they get really frazzled a lot of times when they're trying to wrap their heads around things like well how do I work this out with taxes depending on where the person's purchasing from how do I work this with shipping and handling Uh, You know, I'm selling different products. Some are Mm -hmm. in big boxes. Some are small. Some are different weights. What if the person orders a whole bunch of stuff? Mm -hmm. How can I figure all this out? And we do have a lot of technology in the shopping cart software today that allows all of that to be worked out. But a lot of times, instead of getting too much into those details, it makes more sense to just step back, look at the big picture and say, okay, wait a minute. Does this really make sense? So here's one example. I've recently had a situation where there was a lady selling various products on her website and the whole shipping thing really was a difficult thing for her to wrap her head around. And I said to her, well, look, instead of worrying about we have to measure out all the different boxes, dimensions, and get the weight of the product and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. why don't you just come up with a flat fee shipping? Yeah. Now, what that may mean is that Some people are going to pay a little bit too much for shipping and other people might not be paying quite enough. Mm. But overall, it's covering your costs. And that's also the reason why we call it shipping and handling. That's clever. Right. So if somebody's getting their package and they say, wow, I paid $8 for shipping, but the postage here is only $5. What's going on? Mm. Well, it's very easy to say, well, that's part of shipping and handling. And part Uh of the reason why we can keep our costs so low is because we've simplified everything by having a flat fee shipping rate. So instead of spending a lot of time getting yourself tied up in the technical details of how the software is going to make this all work, just simplify it.
1: And And come to someone like you, because I'm looking at your website now. It's very specific. It's easy to navigate. And I love that you say create your online identity and, and you know, you've got the domain name thingy there and information. And I'm buzzing down it and I'm going, wow, yeah, quick setup, easy payment, dependable systems, full service. I know where I'm getting from you just by looking at the website. Um I don't like, you know, trolling around on websites and looking for the information I need. So you offer a full service. You offer, you know, you you actually take care of. Um, do, do you design the website? You do all the technical stuff. You 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 support them. Then I guess from the minute they become a customer, you offer everything, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and really, the ongoing support after the website has been built and optimized and the content's created. The ongoing support is the big one. And it's not just technical support, but it's really business support. It's website support. So it's looking at the website, working together with you as your partner, and trying to help your business move forward. So instead of just saying, okay, we're going to build you the website, it's done, and off we go, and we don't talk to you again maybe until next year, we prefer to work together with our clients on an ongoing basis. Yes, they might be paying X dollars per month for that additional service, But what they get out of it is really a full concierge type of service where we're looking out for them, not just from the technical aspect, but also from the business aspect as well. So a lot of times we're looking at their business processes and we're saying, well, wait a minute, we can shorten this process down. We can create some shortcuts for you. We can make this process easier for you. And a lot of times it doesn't even have anything to do with the website itself, but just with the business as a whole.
1: That is perfect because you don't just sell them something and then come back in a year and, and say, we can sell you something else. That's how you get low customers. Question, um, sometimes our websites go down. They're not working. Um, mm-hmm. I check on my websites as much as possible because I work online a lot. But obviously a lot of businesses who are not in the same line of work as me don't really need to check on their website. So how do we know if our website's gone down? Do you tell us? Does anything tell us? How do we know?
0: various people want to know, other people not so much. They just want you know, their website company to take care of it in the background for them. But well, like yourself, if you are interested in always knowing if your website is up or if it's down, mm-hmm. instead of going to manually checking it, which you can do, there are tools out there where you can set them up so that they will send you an automatic email message if your mm-hmm. website should go down. So they'll mm-hmm. check your website, whatever, every five minutes or mm-hmm. every two minutes or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it's down, they send you an email notification so that you can then become active right away and do something about it.
1: That's perfect because um, if we're sending people to our website and the website's not working, or poor damn, whatever it is, basically they're not going to tell us, are they? They're not going to take the chance, hey, Lindy, your website's not working. They'll go to the next person, I believe. I mean, I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, <laughs> most, most definitely that is usually the case. Uh, let's just look at ourselves. How many times have we gone to a website that wasn't working and did we really take the time out to try to find the person responsible and let them know or did we just say oh okay I'll come (laughs) back later? I try
1: and if it's a smaller business or Obviously, a business I really love um, I do my best because I can contact a lot of people now online as you know through the social media um, do, I, do I sometimes not get a response or a thank you for, for sharing that with them, yes so would I do it a second time probably not, I would be really happy if somebody told me if my website wasn't working, so basically I sometimes take the time but if it's a business I'm not that interested in, I've got no loyalty I'll just hop to the next one you are wonderful, Gunther. You are the kind of business that will take care of me as a loyal customer and you will make sure I've got no stress, my my, you know, website's looked after, all my techie things are looked after, you're keeping an eye on everything. And month to month, you know, you're doing all the things that I haven't got time to do. I think you're absolutely wonderful. So you've, you've enlightened me again. It's not just about having a pretty website. It's about lots and lots of different things. And I love our little chats about the whys and, and, and the what-fors. And I hope you're going to come back in a couple of weeks.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Yes.
1: Yeah, so basically, um, could you just remind everybody, because I'm not sure who's, who's going to be listening today, but who listened last month, but we'd love to know how we can contact you. Yeah.
0: So the company name is Gecko Websites and the website address is geckowebsites.com. From there, you can go to my contact page, and you can find my phone number, my email address, all the different social media accounts and so on, if you'd like to get in touch with me, and I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody about their needs. Obviously, the first consultation doesn't cost anything, and who knows where it can lead from there for both parties.
1: That's good to know, and I can definitely recommend you as a very easy-to-work-with kind of guy because um, you want to know what our ideas are. You want to know what we want. You want to know what kind of person we are. You don't sit there and go, I know what you want, Linda, because I don't even know myself what I want. So I can definitely recommend you. And you've been in business now how long?
0: Uh, Just over 21 years. Started in
1: 1995. That is such an accomplishment. You probably know in this day and age how many people start the same business you're in and they don't last Long. The majority of them don't last long because they're not going to take the time like you have to build the strong foundations and the loyalty. Well done Gunther, I'm so proud of you.
0: Thank you very much. I'm not sure if it was my uh, perseverance or just plain uh, European stubbornness, but either way... I'm still around after all these years.
1: (laughs) I would say (laughs) it's definitely those two things. We're also, you excel at what you do. You excel at customer service. You excel when you network. You're a friendly person. You don't scare me. So I definitely love recommending you. Well, I look forward to our next chat.
0: Thank you very much. I do as well.
1: Have a lovely day. Bye.